Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Glad we got the W today. Um, again, offense scored on seven of the first ten drives. Defense came out and got punched in the face and responded after that. I think they had 77 yards on that first drive and then 71 yards the rest of the half to average just under two yards a play the rest of the half. So I'm glad that happened um, because I believe that you know you, you develop a lot of – again, you develop an identity, you develop a mindset, you develop um, through some failure in adversity – and uh, that's how you grow and improve. And, you know, I know it'll, nobody likes that that happened uh, in a Sooner uniform uh, or coach, but um, you need that to happen. Rush is back. Hour number two, Teddy Lehman here, Tyler McComas, back in studio, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Head football coach Brent Venables there. Um talking about battling back um just a gritty gritty performance early on defensively on their heels a little bit you know and you know you've heard me say it the first series is the hardest on defense it's you know you don't know exactly what you're going to get and especially considering the circumstances going on at nebraska at the time you knew there was going to be something new knew there was going to be a little bit different you just had to try and weather that storm, and they did. They adjusted nicely, and from that point on, were absolutely dominant. Yeah, and that's not unique to this game. Like As we look back at the non-con through three games, that's, I guess, what I like the most after this is they faced adversity. Brent Venables talk about adversity all the time, and they faced it in three games, man. You know, They had adversity in the second quarter against UTEP, responded from that. Adversity in the first half against Kent State. That third quarter may be the best 15 minutes of football they played this year. I don't know. I saw good stretches of football on Saturday. And, of course, on Saturday you get down 7 nothing, third and long, hostile environment, and you score 49 unanswered. So maybe, just maybe, that's what Brent likes the most after the first three games is they've been punched a couple times, and every time that's happened they've responded with some of their best football the entire year. That's, that's yeah. good to see. Um. How about, would you care to chat about some of the guys that I thought played well? Uh, I mean, who didn't play well? Are you going to name the whole roster here or, or what? Oh, okay, let me ask you this. How would you think Dylan Gabriel played? Um, I mean, for the most part it was good, but, man, when he missed, he, he missed on Saturday. There, there are some throws, especially early on, there was a third down where I said, man, he missed. By a wide margin. I said yeah. that a few times. Yeah, you know, it's interesting with um, with Dylan Gabriel. He is, on the season, he's a 59% completion quarterback. Um, I don't think that's anything to to really panic about. Um. I guess actually no, he's he's right over sixty percent. Yeah, seventy five percent against Kent State, so that number is a little surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I messed that. I was looking at the wrong number. I, I know he's accurate. I've seen him be accurate at times. Like the ball, just over the, the and over and over. was incredibly accurate. It was a oh, great it was throw. The throw that, to Farouk was great too. 
I think that was one of his best throws, the one to Weiss, where he just hammered it in there. I thought that was fantastic. And he is, like, his deep ball is money. But he's missed he's missed quite a few throws throughout these three games. Um, I'm not concerned about it. But I that doesn't mean that he hasn't left a lot of room for improvement, right? I mean, yeah, he has. And good point by the text line here. Um, I, I yes, there's some throws that he'd definitely like to have back, but none of those have resulted in a turnover. He hasn't had a turnover true. through three games, which is significant. I think my and I'm not even like quarter. You're going to miss some throws every now and then. I've got really no problem with that. And by the way, he's he's at sixty six point seven percent. That sounds completion. a lot better. All right. Um, you're going to miss some throws. I have. I really don't have a problem with that. I my biggest complaint with Gabriel so far is some of the sacks that he's taken. That's yeah. He does. Hold that's on. my he, biggest he, complaint. He, he even did that at times on on Saturday, which he mm-hmm. has speed, but he doesn't have the level of speed where he can hold on to the ball that long. Just find something, slip out, and get. Yeah, I, I know he slipped out for sixty-one yards on Saturday. I understand that, but that's not going to happen against most of the teams that you play this year. He just doesn't have that level of speed. He's got to get rid of the ball sooner. At, yeah, at he, he's he's got he's got some good open field speed. He doesn't have like he doesn't have the cat-like quickness in, to escape the pocket like a guy like Kyler Murray has, which is you know no one does, but. I think that's what you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, those, yeah. those quick little escapes where you you dodge a guy and then, like, you're done with him, <laughs> right? He's not he's not coming back to make a play on you because you you've spun out or whatever and got out on the perimeter. But I mean, it's it's a it's a nitpicking, but I I I still think that Dylan Gabriel has yet to play what I would consider to be. At least my expectation of where he can be, and I'm not panicked about it. I got, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think he, I think he's going to get there. I do. Yeah, he he had one of his better throws, maybe his third best throw taken away from him on Saturday, because if Nebraska's defensive back doesn't just say, "Oh my God, I'm beat. I've got to basically tackle oh, Marvin Mims yeah. here," that that we're talking about that throw today. Beautiful deep shot for a touchdown to Mims. That yep. one was taken yep. away from him. That was a good ball. That was a that was a great throw. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anyone else offensively. I we've we've talked about them quite a bit. Mims was great. Eric Gray was great. It, like even as, as good as Eric Gray was, that doesn't mean that Marcus Major wasn't great because he was touchdowns. really good too. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. But Eric and, Gray had uh, over ten yards a, a carry on Saturday and. That was it. Was kind of like his game to where, all right, you guys feel a certain way about the running backs. Watch this, and I don't know, like, what, like, what led to him having that is like the offense was more open on Saturday than it had been previously. And I think mm-hmm. you could, yeah, I, I, I gotta think that that helped out Eric Gray maybe more than anyone else out on the team, opening yep. up the offense. I agree. Um, he is leading the Big Twelve in yards per carry. Wow by uh i'll pull it up by quite some margin it, like he's i think he's at almost eight yards of carry right now which is really impressive um text line wow listen to this prediction if dylan gabriel stays 
Jackson Arnold will beat him out. He's that dude. And I'm not anti-Gabriel. Uh, this one says, Dylan Gabriel will be the reason OU doesn't win the league. DG's accuracy dips when he tries putting a little more mustard on it. People are questioning if he's more uh, mobile than Josh Heupel. Dang. Huh. More mobile than Josh Heupel. Asking if that's the case. Who's asking that? Someone on the text line asking, is he more mobile than Josh Heupel? Yeah. Which, Josh Heupel wasn't... I think people feel like Josh Heupel when they see him now on the sideline, like that's the guy that played quarterback (laughs) in 2000. But he was actually pretty dang mobile uh, and could move around. Speed option in the Big 12 championship game. It happened. Yeah. Um, Like, listen to these, man. Peyton says, let's be real for a second. Is there a quarterback controversy brewing? Davis Bevel had a much higher completion percentage on Saturday. If these is he are real, really, is he, are you guys he's kidding? not being real. You guys Davis are kidding, Bevel right? barely played and accounted for the only turnover we've had this season. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to hammer him, but no, we do not have a quarterback controversy at all. Zero whatsoever. And I don't and think at any point this year we'll be talking about a quarterback controversy. If he stays, will Jackson Arnold beat him out? My guess would be no. No. Dylan Gabriel's your, your QB next year, I think. Yeah, I, that, that would be. I actually feel very, I feel very strongly about that, that that, that will, will happen. Yeah. I guess you never know. I, I don't know anything about Jackson Arnold. I've never seen the guy play. One snap of football. So. Okay, Peyton was kidding, and he said that in all caps. I'm kidding, Tyler. He was two for two. Okay, I thought you were. I uh, I thought you were, Peyton. Just making sure. You can't say let's be real if you're joking. We, <laughs> we, we, we don't have the context to be able to sift through that on the text line, yeah. especially whenever it's surrounded by people saying that he's the reason why we won't win the conference this year. Um, and, hey, I, I do think that there are – there's some things whenever you watch him play that worry is not the right word. You you feel like he could definitely be better at, and I'm I'm going to allow him the opportunity to to try and get there. Didn't play last year, um, at least not for most of the season. It, he's I know everyone believes that he played in this system for 25 years before he came here, but he, he had to relearn it again, and there was a little bit of a curve there. He's he's a transfer. He's playing with some new guys, and I'm giving him a lot of leeway there on, on some of this stuff. So I, I still believe that he's going to improve. If he doesn't, okay, we'll talk about that as it as it rolls along. Right now, what I love is that our defense is playing good enough to where he's got – He's got some margin of error. We've had some of the best quarterbacks you've ever seen in college football before that did some ridiculous things and just had no margin for error because defensively it wasn't matching what they were doing on the offensive side. So right now I'm just glad that defensively we're giving him some leeway. I mean, if we were getting those throws where he was really missing and that's kind of all you were seeing, then, yeah, let's have the conversation. But – I'm also seeing an equal amount of throws where he sticks it into Theo Weiss, has a great throw to Jaleel Farouk, has a great throw downfield to Mims that was a P.I. call. It's 
there, there's some really good throws in there too. It's he, he's all it, right. It seems like his his deep stuff is absolutely money. It it feels like some of the intermediate stuff is is where it's be you know it's it's been where he's missing it. And yeah, I I had the conversation with someone Saturday night. It does appear that whenever he's trying to to really put something on it, it tends to sell on him at times. Not always, but whenever he misses, it seems like that's the thing that is kind of connecting those misses. Yeah. Uh, nine. He's got – this is in all caps for the 405. He's got nine total touchdowns and zero turnovers. I, I agree. We'll, we'll move off of that. Um, and we'll move back on to something. You mentioned the defense. The offense is starting to hit on some deep balls down the field. The defense, I mean, they gave up that first touchdown that was a deep shot, but outside that, like they had the P.I. call against them, which I know if you don't turn around, it's going to get called, call. but I didn't like that call either, man. It's I, terrible call. I didn't like he that got call at all. two hands shoved in the back right before that. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't like that call either. But the point is, like, you know, one thing that this defense is doing, and, and they did it against Kent State, Billy Bowman, and then they did it against Nebraska first play of the third quarter is, and you can only do this, Teddy, when you've got two, three, four guys around the ball carrier, is when you gain tackle, you can hold someone up and punch the ball out. Couldn't do that before because everything seemed to be a one-on-one tackle, but they are gain tackling and punching the ball out like I haven't seen in quite some time. Me likes that right. on this defense. Uh, list of guys that played well defensively. Number 14, number 8, number 94, number 40, number 88, number 5, number 4, number 26, I think. Can I walk her? Um, Number 2, number 28, and number 44. And there's others out there as well. But um, it's a a long list of guys. I didn't add number 7. I thought he played well. it's like listening to Mike Gundy talk to the media. Hey, oh, I thought seven, I'll tell you. seven's good. He, he played well. Uh, 44 was active. 40 was, you know, he made some plays there. And then you had 26 out there on the perimeter. He looked pretty solid. That's what that was like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ulu played by far his best game. He, I would almost venture to say from spring until now, he may be like one of the most improved guys, like with what I saw on Saturday. He looked fantastic. Um, Reggie Grimes, he is – that dude's turning into something now. Yeah, he is. He, they cannot move him off the point. Double team with a, a tackle and a tight end. He's got 700 pounds trying to move him. They're not, they don't even budge him. He just locks both of those guys out and stands there and holds point and allows someone else to come up and make the play. And our entire defensive line did that. No movement. And what's exciting about that is I think it appears that defensively the guys are getting it. That you always hear, do your job, right? And it just gets repeated over and over and over. But now on film... It, it's starting to look like guys understanding that it all works together, and if they just do their job, everyone wins. Yep. And it and it and it it is apparent on film that guys actually enjoy 
that process. It's like Braden Willis. He enjoys the process of blocking his tail off every single play, and it's showing up defensively too. And here's the here's the exciting thing. They played an entire game in a totally different defense than they have showed so far this season. They've played maybe maybe five or ten snaps in that front, in that defense, so far this year, and it was only in uh, definite passing situations. They just played a 3-3-5 for the entire duration of a football game. So now, if you're preparing for Oklahoma, let's say you're Kansas State, what do you – because the blocking on that front and a four-man front is – totally different and it's hard to do both so what do you prepare for this week well you got to prepare for both you may have you may spend half of your time drawing up and stressing over how to block the three-man front with you know a couple of your big running plays and you may not see it the entire game so you wasted half of your practice time on a front that you're not even going to see that's what was so nice about what we saw against Nebraska. Yeah, and outside of that one touchdown drive, I mean, that was that was it. Which, by the way, um, I guess the Purdy's like throwing interceptions to OU, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if there's ever been a two brothers that have both thrown picks against OU in their uh, career. Because Brock and Chubba Ooh. have now both thrown picks to OU in their uh, college football career. I wonder if that's happened. Someone, someone out there is going to know. Two sets of brothers, uh, a set of brothers that's uh, throwing picks to you. Has to have happened. Has to. I know Mike Brooks and Chris, Chris, Chris Lambakis would know. They're listening They're to on us it. up. I saw Mike They're Brooks out in uh, Lincoln after the game on Saturday, and I said, ha, Mike, you actually got some defensive stats to uh, start looking at now. It was all offensive stats forever. you got to start looking at some good defensive stats now. Dang. That's great. That's great. The McCoys, Good stuff. yeah, Case and uh, Colt, obviously. Yeah, there you go. That was easy, but I would have never got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to hit a break. Quick timeout. Keep the text coming. Six five one three four three nine. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Always got happy hour three to six every day with drink specials. We'll be back. OKC GMT dealers are bringing you hour number two of The Rush. Right here on The Ref, for the home of Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I don't know if you heard this from Saturday or not, but Shane Beamer was not happy about a particular question after his team lost 48-7 at home to Georgia. Not a great question, but an epic response. I love it. Hell no. Come on, He's... Phil. <laughs> That's just, oh, man. I love that. Isn't, that. isn't that just like the perfect response? And he didn't even, I mean, it's not, it's like whenever you're out of things to ask because it was a beatdown. Hey, do you see any quit? 
you're just trying to serve it up to say, like, hey, this is a group of fighters, but he didn't get that. But he even sounds really nice whenever he's <laughs> mad at a dumb question, right? You know? That's great. It's like he's sounds like he's disappointed in a three-year-old that threw his um, his Cheerios off of his high chair. You know, I don't even like old just Phil, disappointment. Phil couldn't even get the question out before he heard the "hell no" what kind of question. Is that Phil? <laughs> um, well, we've got we, we've got some of those texts right now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Which hey, okay. I, I don't I don't care. Send them in 405-651-3439. First one from the nine one eight. Wasn't it you two saying we'd be better off this year with Dylan Gabriel, not Caleb Williams? Ready to eat those words yet? DG is a fine player. Love his effort and heart, but he's nowhere close to Caleb Williams. That kid is a transcendent talent. Transcendent. He talent. is not. Uh, he is not the talent that Caleb Williams is. One hundred percent, totally agree, and never disagreed with that. I just didn't like the the match with this football team, and I still don't. Agree. That was the whole point is I think we said, like, yeah, Caleb Williams has the higher ceiling, but for what this program is all about, especially in year one, Gabriel's the better fit. Yes, that hasn't uh, changed. Well, here's the thing. You want to hear the bad news? I mean, I guess. I never do, but I guess throw it on me, please. But Caleb Williams is probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. This year? Nah. They're, they're going to get beat on Saturday. You can't win, they the, might. You can't win the Heisman after losing to Oregon State. Uh, I don't know. know. Has, has anyone done that before? I may need to check you, that first. You have to remember that it's voted on by mainly media members. And... There's a huge cheering section for USC, especially, you know, considering most everyone across the country ran their puff pieces about what's going to go on there. And there's a massive contingent out on the West Coast of, of voters. And there's not going to be anyone out there for him to split with. So unless they totally fall apart, which they could, uh, starting with Oregon State, I mean, there's going to be a groundswell of momentum for that. Yeah, well, if he wins it, and I'm still saying that he doesn't, it's going to have to be the way Kyler Murray won it in 2018, which is score every single possession and put up stupid numbers, and you have to vote for him to win it. Because defensively, right. I know they've gotten a ton of turnovers up to this point, but you're about to see their off or their defense give up a – points here moving forward in conference play. Oregon State is a worthy opponent yeah they are and hey they got Arizona State in a couple of weeks at home which they just fired a uh, Herm how'd you get the beans over the Frank Edwards which is disappointing <laughs> they're god-awful Washington State's not bad now this is by Pac-12 standards okay Washington State's not bad. I still think Utah's all right. I mean, that, that schedule, though, man, it's exactly what we play, thought it is. It's so bad. Do they play Washington or no? No, they don't have Washington play, or Oregon. Yeah. Just State? Yeah. Which, how about Oregon bouncing back? They needed that. They look good. I did not see that coming. Um, 
big win for them. Bo Nix looked uh, looked really, really, really good. Um, Caleb Williams so far, he's he's been good. He's uh, right at seventy five percent completion, eight seventy five uh, yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Checking that USC schedule, Tyler. You worried about the USC versus OU wins bet yet? Nah, still good. I've already spent that money. It's cashing in December. The OU bet was a good one. I told you that that was a dangerous one because of how horrible their schedule was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. It's fine. Um, what you know? What a great bet was is the same time I made the OU USC bet is getting OU minus three and a half at Nebraska. Uh, that one yeah. cashed uh, on Saturday, so that felt yeah. felt good. It did. It sure did. Oh, boy. Um, Let's rifle through a bunch of these texts here before we hit yeah. a break. Um, why is Gabriel the better fit in your mind? Kind of what we talked about. It's just that it's, it's like what's being asked of the team and just like the structure of, of what we've got going on. I, Venables does not want to be a pay a, a, find a way to pay a million dollars to a quarterback type of program it just doesn't fit what they're trying to do there they're, they're trying to establish a team culture everything that they try and do nil wise is like they try and structure it for everyone where everyone gets a piece of of every deal that goes down and obviously guys are going to get stuff on their own but it's just it. It's just not like. Would he be? Would he on the field be better right now than Dylan Gabriel? Yes, there's there's no doubt about that. But I I'm not worried about that right now. It's going to take some time to get where you're ready to win a championship. All right, and I think that. Just what we saw throughout that whole process, I just don't think it. I just don't think it helps you get there in the next couple of years. Yeah, agree. Sam and Edmund says in-game adjustments, like right after the first Nebraska drive and not waiting till halftime, and after they score twenty-eight and a half, huge difference for the staff. We are lucky, Sooner Nation, so enjoy it. It's only going to get better. Did you see the video that was circulating on Twitter? of Brent giving the defense the business after the first drive. And like there was some yep. player coming to the sidelines after a drive. I mean, he's just always all, – head coach, sure, man, always coaching, though. Always coaching in between drives. Oh, yeah. Yep. Always. And, you know, it, everyone's making adjustments, like, after every single series. Like, you don't – you, I don't know. I've never seen anywhere where they wait. Uh, typically it's all done right away as soon as you walk off the field like what did you see there here's what they ran here's how they blocked it differently this week than they did last week uh you need to be here on this instead of there Uh, that goes on after every single series every single game with every team in the country but the difference is are the guys able to take the adjustments on the fly and go out there and apply it in the game and that's not always just an absolute yes. And with this group right now, with the lock-in and focus, it's a yes. Burley Boomer says, just say it, Teddy. Dylan Gabriel is not a self-centered look-at-me guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
Yes. The whole process, how it went down. I, I, and I can't, I can't be mad at Caleb Williams for uh, wanting to capitalize on, you know, his talents. I got no problem with that. I'm just not a fan of the manner and how it went down, and I think we'll be just fine without him. Yeah, someone is uh, asking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm asking this, but is KU the best college football team in the state of Kansas? Doing a Big 12 power poll right now would maybe be the most interesting power poll you could do in about the past five years because KU would fit in a very interesting spot on a current Big 12 power poll. I don't even know. I, I would not even know how to apply that. I don't. I think they would be eight in front of Tech and West Virginia. Just eight? Just eight? I don't know. Maybe I, I put them. I guess I'd put them ahead of TCU too, but I haven't seen TCU at all. I saw them against Where would Col- you put I, I, Well, I mean, ah, like it, it's a power poll. Kansas State has a bad home loss. KU has was Houston in the top twenty-five this weekend when they got that yes. win. I'd put them up higher than eight. I'd put them in front of West Virginia. I'd put them in front of uh, Kansas State. I put them in. I put mean, them in front of Kansas State. I probably put them in like at like five or six. Yeah, just off the top of my head. I mean, they looked really good. They they won by they won by eighteen against Houston. Forty-eight to thirty was the final score. Ten point dog. Dang. I mean, I'm not going to tout these guys as like Big Twelve. And they spotted them four- Yeah. And they spotted them fourteen. They're, hey, they're the number one rushing team in the Big Twelve right now. They're the number three scoring offense in the country right now, and they've played. Uh, they played a Power Five conference. They played a conference game and a top twenty-five non-conference game. Like the teams in front of them are like. Uh, James Madison and I think Michigan, who in Michigan's schedule is yeah horrendous. Um, can I tell you an epic story from this weekend that has nothing to yeah. do with the conversation? I just randomly remembered it again. So uh, the OU alumni had the their Boomer Bash on Friday night at Charles Schwab Field, where they had the the, the College World Series. So Skip Johnson spoke to the crowd, and <laughs> someone asked him what his score prediction was. For the OU Nebraska game, and he gave the uh, oh, I think OU's going to win sixty nine to nothing. <laughs> he gave that, that to the crowd. Uh, I can't believe I forgot about that. It's so great. I laughed so uh, hard at that. You know what's funny? Um, he left that and came straight over to the dinner I was at, and uh, and had dinner with us, and it was great. Listening to him tell stories and stuff was just yeah, was uh, awesome. Was Fantastic. Um, which I'll tell you one of those stories uh, whenever we hit what some things that caught my eye nice. next. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, quick shout-out to our friends over at Rooftech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there and can handle all of your roofing needs. I'll start with the story 
from Skip Johnson. I asked Skip Johnson who the best player he's ever seen or coached was. And without skipping a beat, you know who he said? Kate Horton. Brian Cole. Huh. Actually said actually said Brian Cole. <laughs> well, you really uh, dug deep for that question, didn't you? Never heard of it. That's an all-American question from Layman. Who's the best he's ever coached? Golly, he's the best. Listen to this, Tyler. Brian Cole, Meridian, Mississippi, okay, um, was a football and baseball player, had like D1 offers, LSU, a bunch of places wanted him to come play football, turned it down, wanted to play baseball, went to Navarro College. That's where Skip Johnson was coaching at the time. Yep. One season. Listen to this. He played one season there. He hit 524. Let me back up a second. He was a center fielder, 168 pounds. Okay? And he said he's faster than Kyler Murray. Jeez, okay. Uh, He said whenever he hit the ball, it sounded like a baseball getting crushed by a cinder block. All right? 524. 27 home runs. 82 RBI. 95 runs scored. 49 stolen bases in 60 games. So it sounds like Skip did a create a player on MLB The Show and somehow got it to play for Navarro Junior College is what it sounds like. Crazy. 27 home runs in 60 games. Uh, 49, it's, it's insane. So listen to this. He gets drafted after that season, obviously, and is working his way through. He's about to get called up. Just went through spring training with the Mets. Did really good. Dies in a car wreck. Oh, man. Super sad. Unbelievable player. Um, the interesting thing about that is his family later won a lawsuit against the Ford Motor Company for $131 million. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. But crazy. He, he was talking about this kid and just an amazing story. So I thought that was interesting. All right. Um, Mike Evans, did you see this? Suspended for one game. Yeah, what's he supposed to do is what he says. He's defending Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? Now, that was awesome. He goes out there and... and you know, defends his quarterback and his teammates. The interesting part of it is, have you seen the video of Bruce Arians telling him to go out there? No, I have not, actually, but I love that. Of course, Bruce Arians did that. They've got video. They've got Bruce Arians on there, and it looks like he said, go help him out, or he says something. And Mike Evans instantly takes off running out there and blasts the dude. So... Bruce Aarons is now under league investigation. It sounds like he issued the code red. Bounty hunt? So, well, that's what the Saints get, right, for the whole Bounty Gate situation. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying right. to try to figure out who's got more drama around him right now, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, because i got to read about Tom Brady's potential divorce uh, every other story right now and how that's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not – that's not anything uh, good to look at right now. There's some wild theories out there about Tom Brady right now. Some people think that he's sick. Like, what? Like, what, with like with what? With I don't huh. with something that he should be. That's why there's such tensions because the family feels like he should be with his family. 
and he wants to be playing football? I don't know. Huh. I have no idea what's going on. But nonetheless, uh, Bruce Arians under investigation oh. for issuing the code Good red. to know he can still be sick and still carve up my Dallas Cowboys. That's, that's <laughs> great to know. I love that. Um, how about the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray on Sunday? Was that something? Yeah, and I love uh, Cliff's quote after the game. Uh, I'm going to try to find exactly what he said. He said, usually I'm just lost and I'm super hungover on Sundays in Vegas. So this was a good changeup. <laughs> that was very relatable, Cliff. Nice job. How about that? Now, here's the thing. Does that take him from your most hated coach to your favorite coach it's just, instantly? It's, it's, my, it's the most relatable coach. He's not my favorite coach. He's just the most relatable coach now is what he is. Well, there's an investigation right now because um, there was some type of charge filed. Kyler Murray, like people think it was Kyler Murray, claimed that he was hit in the face by a fan after the game when they went into the end zone to celebrate. Um, I don't know what's going to come of that at all, but that that's out there right now. And you can see the video, and I think it's just someone like, because he runs down there to celebrate in the stands, and, and I think it's just people like kind of reaching for him and stuff, but I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah, all right. Um, listen closely to this first one. This is from Anwar Richardson, who covers Texas for OrangeBloods.com. Yeah. He tweeted out after UT's win over UTSA, a person with issues jumped onto the field and climbed into the Bevo pit during the UTSA game. He started to mount Bevo, before an officer pulled him down and arrested him. I saw the video. Bevo was not hurt. Um, <laughs> does that not sound like it, exactly how it's typed? Someone ran no. out of the field, hopped in with Bevo, and was doing a certain act to him? Is that, that accurate? Well, I think mount means... Like, <laughs> well, it could mean, yeah, I guess it could mean a couple of Get on to ride as <laughs> like you would ride a horse or a bull, I think. <laughs> but, oh, man. But I like where your head's at. Yeah, I guess that's the situation <laughs> that I wanted, actually. And come on, how is there not video of this somewhere? Oh, there's got to be. Whatever it was, be. right? There's got to be. That's funny, though. Uh, I love that. Two more. Jordan Renaud, four-star defensive lineman out of Tyler, Texas. He picks Alabama over OU today. Mm. OU's first recruiting loss in, like, a while. Dang. How about that? And they felt really good about that one, didn't they? At least at one point they did. Yeah, and he was on a visit for the Kent State game, and then, like, the next Monday there was a crystal ball in for him to Bama. So that was interesting. But he uh, he picks Alabama today. Uh, Last one, the, the line is out. Blaine sent me a, a text last week that it was OU minus 7 against Kansas State. Well, now the spread's OU minus 13 for the game this weekend. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose to Tulane yeah. at home. That was something. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next. Sit on top of Bevo, and uh, the first thing you see is the guy's butt crack sticking out, trying to hop in that uh, pit with Bevo. It's nice to see. I like how he's trying to get in there, and I guess the guys that are in the pit with with Bevo, the Texas students, 
they really don't do anything. Like he's about to get in there, and it looks like they're not really going to stop him. They're just like telling him not to, and he gets uh, dismissed by uh, a police officer. Pretty funny. Uh, we'll talk more about the OU Nebraska game coming up at the top of the hour. Do you think they found their best five offensive linemen Saturday? It's been the objective um, now, but it, did did they finally find that? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think I don't think Wanye Morris was just decidedly better than Guyton. Um now, like I said, it was his first first game back. You expect him to get better as he gets more more time out there, but it looks like Guyton's got more got a higher ceiling. So I'll be interested to see what Bimbo does. Yeah, um, this to answer is, that I don't know. Yeah, I, th- that was a. I mean, it, th- this is a true. I know Kansas State lost to Tulane last weekend. Yes, but this is still the biggest test this offensive line is going to have coming up this week, by like by, by far and away, not close. Oh yeah, yep. They got a stud out on the edge, but absolute stud. You do have a chance this Saturday if you haven't already to stamp who your who your best five are on the offensive line. That's like best case scenario that could happen this week. I feel like. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know they they rotated. I don't know exactly how much they each player how many snaps they got, but both guys got quite a bit. I'm curious to see if they approach it the same way or if they designate someone the starter and that's who's going to play with the ones the entire game. Um, my guess is they probably play both of them a little bit, but I don't I don't know who's going to. Who's going to get the first crack at it? Uh, Jeremiah Hall supposedly come by coming by our pregame show on Saturday. So oh, we'll nice! Have the KREF Army tailgate set up once again on Saturday. Same spots, same spots. Uh, Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner in the Hertz Donut parking lot. He'll be over there in the parking lot with us from four to six p.m. sometime in there. So yeah, that'll that'll be cool. He's back in Norman for the game this week, and he'll he'll be with us. So that'll be fun. Yep, that'll be awesome. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour coming up next.